Hello and welcome to the Vorthos Cast. I'm Jay Anelli. I'm Lorelai Weisselabrizzi. I'm Brian Dawes. And I'm Chris Delano. Ta ta time time travel time time spiral. Uh, currently playing Into the Breach. Uh, I don't I don't know if you can hear in, in the mic. Uh, love love time travel. Um, we we're not doing an Into the Breach episode, unfortunately. But um, yeah, we, we we could. But that's for our uh, multiverses beyond. I mean, universes beyond. I mean, uh, beyond the multiverse. are are the 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 podcast thing we set up like half a year ago. <laughs> God, has it been that long? Yeah, <laughs> it was last June. <laughs> we need to do some more episodes of that. Um, if you're a listener and you're an expert in another IP outside of Magic uh, and you want to talk about it, especially if it's like, I don't know, Warhammer 40K or Lord of the Rings, uh, let me know. Reach out. <laughs> no, we are not having someone come on and talk about Homestuck. Get out of here. Live listeners. <laughs> I would love to have Stephen Colbert on the show for Lord of the Rings, but you know. I'll have my people talk to his people. We have a preview for Time Spiral Remastered, the new uh, magic set coming out. Uh, sort of new. Uh, on Thursday, March the 4th. So it's not our usual time slot, so we thought we'd record an episode about this, because the last time we talked about the mending was about three years ago. Uh, near the beginning of our podcast, since our podcast is now three years old, as Chris, our newest member, reminded us, because none of the rest of us do. Look, I forget about anniversaries after a certain amount of time. Let's talk, so to talk about Time Spiral, we gotta talk about something called a time rift. So what is a time rift? A time rift is an event that ripped the fabric of space and time on Dominaria at some point in Dominaria's past. Usually caused by a planeswalker, but not always. Back in the day, planeswalkers were these godlike beings. Uh, much more. You might remember War of the Spark, where Bolas was trying to get back to that, and where, you know, every, every second story, some old walker uh, says something along the lines of, Oh, we were gods once. And then I have to take a shot. <laughs> take a shot. And so, you know, that, that, that was a thing. And this is the event that changed that thing. So there were a number of time rifts. There was one on a place called Madara, where Bolas dueled a planeswalker that we only know as the Demonic Leviathan, uh, and left something called the Talon Gates there, which everyone thinks is this rock formation, but it's actually like the last part of the rib cage of this demonic leviathan. Uh, there's Yavamaya, where uh, Urza detonated the Silex Blast. Sort of. The continuity there is a little iffy, but okay, we'll go with it. Uh, there's Talaria and the both the time machine explosion there, and Baron uh, casting the Blair of Doom. No, I did not make that up. That was a spell that was essentially uh, worked like the Silex. I, I thought that was called Obliterate. It's uh, it's uncounterable. And the spell, the instant, is called Obliterate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there was Shiv, where Teferi phased out a good chunk of the continent. Zalfir, where uh, Teferi phased out a chunk of his homeland of Zalfir from the rest of Jamora. Uh, and I'm sure that turned out well. There is Urborg and the overlay from the first Phyrexian invasion, uh, where they brought their stronghold down on Urborg. There is the Sky Shroud Forest, which um, 
Freyalise, the a planeswalker, saved from destruction during the um, during the crisis of the Frexian invasion. Uh, <clears throat> and there was Otaria, where uh, someone you might know as Corona the False God uh, was created, and just being around messed things up. She really she really messed with the fabric of reality. Yeah, we've been dealing with her for a whole year now, and I'm real tired of it. I think before we move into story summary, it's important to note that, like, yeah, time rift happened. But the important part about the time rift is that they are literally taking, like, sledgehammers to the structural foundation of the multiverse. The danger is, if the time rifts get too bad, then literally all of existence will stop existing. And um, that's not great if you like existing, which uh, apparently most people do. Yeah. Not existing is, in fact, the opposite of existing. So. <laughs> there there had been impacts from time rifts um, throughout the centuries and millennia. A couple years before these stories happen is when they get really bad. Especially on Dominaria, the nexus of the multiverse. Because this is where the time rifts are. And Dominaria loses a bunch of mana, becomes a an apocalyptic wasteland... People struggle to survive, and uh, everyone's just generally having a bad time. Now, this all of this is basically the narrative conceit to bring you a, a set, or a three sets, I should say, uh, Time Spiral, Planar Chaos, and Future Sight, that all feature uh, characters and things from Magic's past and present. So what better way to do that than to create this time crisis that just yanks people out of That's time a different IP. and gives them a legendary card? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Alright, so anyway, let's talk about the first book, Time Spiral. So Time Spiral opens with Teferi, Joyra, uh, and Shiv inside this phased-out Shiv where they're having a conversation where Teferi saying that Shiv is going to phase itself back in fairly soon and that he needs to get out there, out of Shiv, uh, and this phased bubble that they've all been hiding in since the Frexian invasion... Uh, in order to make sure it lands smoothly, because over the century, or so he believes, the single century, uh, the landscape would have changed, and bringing back this giant landmass and trying to fit it into a hole that no longer uh, is the same shape can cause a tremendous amount of stress on the plane and potentially shatter uh, part of Dominaria. So they grab some cannon fodder from Shiv. I'm not really going to name them. It's a couple Viashino and a couple Joyra Pyromancers. Uh, not Joyra, sorry. Gitu Pyromancers <laughs> from Joyra's tribe. When they arrive, uh, Teferi says that they need to go visit Sky Shroud in a, plan- in a land called Keld. Because when Freyalise brought Sky Shroud in, she managed to fit the landmass of this forest into a place that was not meant for it whatsoever. And so Teferi wants to figure out how she did it. Uh, well, when they get there, Sky Shroud is very anemic. Uh, like, the mana has clearly been draining from the plane. What Freylise did isn't really working. Uh, the rift she caused by accident is draining a lot of the man- green mana from the, uh, from the, the forest. And... To make matters worse, these giant Keldons called Gothans that were thought long gone uh, have begun to make a bit of a resurgence. Uh, if you listen to some of our early episodes, the Gothans are named so because a, a rogue Talarian scientist named Gotha went and 
did like genetic experiments Whoa. on the Keldons. To Not to mention the sliver invasion. Oh yeah, there's slivers too. Gotha did <laughs> did the bad eugenics. I'm like Urza, who did the good eugenics. I don't like I don't like the Weatherlight saga, and that's one of the big reasons. Uh, which which one of them created the purple people? You mean the blue people, the Metathran? That was Urza. No, 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 the purple people. Oh, they just naturally exist. Conspiracy. That, that's just a conspiracy, yeah. So, <laughs> while there, they discover they've actually been gone for 300 years, not 100, like Teferi thought. Uh, and so the plane is much worse off than they than they thought it would be. And they're not quite sure what to do. So enter Radha. Radha is a quarter Keldon elf with a mutated spark that may hold the key to the rifts. So she is a she was a potential planeswalker uh, that Frey Elise was trying to mentor, but she did not want to be a forest loving elf. She wanted to be a badass Keldon warrior. Uh, so Teferi bargains for Radha essentially, uh, but she is not here for that. And uh, while he is trying to win her over and kind of teleports her around a couple places, she stabs him in the face with two daggers. Which I mean, honestly, she said no, man. That, that's what you get. To be fair, she is far from the only person in magic history who's ever wanted to stab Teferi in the face. Dude used to be a A-class jerk. Joyra, however, earns Rada's respect uh, because she relates to her as like this uh, nomadic tribal person. She's Joyra's just a badass in her own right. And she both, uh, she starts off by like relating to Radha and then ends with, and if you threaten anyone in my party again, I'm going to end you from existence. <laughs> and Radha was just like, oh, this lady's all right. I, I, I just want to go on record as a lesbian. Uh, good way to impress other lesbians is to say you will end them. That, that is a good tactic. To use that. <laughs> Uh, so they then go to Urborg to find Venser, who has a similar, uh, mutated spark to Radha's. Uh, they end up saving him from Lord Windgrace's Glade Hunters, because Lord Windgrace, the panther folk planeswalker, not a big fan of, uh, artificers. You know, what with Urza turning Urborg into a swamp when he de detonated the Silex, and, you know, the Phyrexians and Venser's messing around with uh, with Phyrexian tech, so... In important thing, Venser's not a planeswalker yet. He is also has an un unignited spark. So, Venser uses a, what he calls an ambulator to teleport them around, uh, but something goes wrong while they're using it, and uh, they end up traveling through one of the rifts, and everyone but Teferi is spat out uh, at the Madarin rift. Uh, Teferi is locked inside the rift, and he's reliving the moment he sparked when he was trapped in a time bubble on Talaria, slowly catching fire. Uh, <clears throat> Radha and Venser accidentally bring back Nicol Bolas. Uh, that was a whole thing that happened, because of their sparks being able to connect to these rifts. Uh, Bolas kind of uses them to come back to life, and that's where you get the Eldest Reborn. So he appears to them as a uh, disembodied voice called Sensei Ryu, and uh, by the time they realize what's happening, it's too late, Bolas is back, Teferi comes to save everyone because Joyra calls out for his help, but Bolas just cuts Teferi to pieces, quite literally. Uh, <laughs> but Teferi did not stand a chance. But, can you just say, Bolas lesbian ally because he kills more party members but then it's like hey and radha's like 
dragon, I will cut your face off. And Bolas is like, I like you. You'd be a good minion. Bolas respects the lesbian hustle. Yeah, and because Rada was uh, impressed him so much, he only killed one member of their party, as an example. Only one of them, not everybody. What a nice guy. Wow. Good ally. <laughs> so everyone but Venser, Joyra, and one of the random Vyashino that came with them abandons Teferi after this. Uh, Rada goes back to Keld, and uh, she ends up connecting to the mountain in Keld of the Keldon ancestors, uh, and connects to the red mana there, and becomes a proper Keldon warlord. The mountain is just called the mountain, right? Yeah, yeah th- it's just this a mountain. Was, I, I, yeah. And that's, so, there's a lot of names that are going to be dropped in this episode, but, it, and, like, there's a lot of weird granular name dropping in Time Spiral and in Magic Story in general, but the mountain's just called The Mountain, which, <laughs> okay, okay. I appreciate, I appreciate Whatever. It. Whatever, whatever you want to do, Keldons. It's your culture. Teferi has, still has kind of a, a, a psychic connection to Rada. And so when she does this, uh, he learns how she disconnected from the rift and connected to the mountain and realizes he can do it in retu- in reverse. So he does that with the Shivan rift and connects his spark to it, pouring all his power into it. And Shiv is safely phased back in. Um, but there's a problem. After Teferi saves the day there, uh, a bunch of these new Shivans, the ones who were left behind, were attacking their party, and one of them wounds Teferi, and he actually bleeds, and he is in shock, because that means he lost his spark. In order to seal this rift, he lost the godlike power that has defined him for, you know, a thousand years. Yeah, the important moment here is that uh, before the mending, planeswalkers were essentially like they—they were all shapeshifters. They could take whatever form they desired. Their bodies are just extensions of their willpower. Um, you know, Teferi gets sliced and diced by Bolas and just reforms his body. It's like not a big deal. The the act of getting wounded and not being able to just instantly heal up is a big problem. Mortality sucks when you haven't had it in like a thousand years. Planeswalkers could take any form they wanted, and Urza still chose to be ugly. (laughs) Urza still chose to look like Urza. Now, to be fair, it took, like, concentration and mental will uh, to not look like what you ordinarily do. And so most Planeswalkers are just too lazy to do that all the time. And it was usually when they, like, felt like someone else or something else that they took a different form. Or were deliberately being tricksy. So then we have planar chaos. So whereas Time Spiral, the, both the, the story and the set dealt with the past coming into the present, planar chaos deals with an alternate present, the way things could have been. So Joyra, uh, when we pick back up, kills those new Shivans that were attacking. Uh, but the one Viashino who stayed with them leaves because he's like, Man, those are like my 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 great grandchildren <laughs> or something. Like those could have been my descendants, like my brother's kids who wasn't in the section of Shiv we were. Like, how could you do this? I'm taken off. Uh, they don't really address <laughs> this very much <laughs> in the story. It's just kind of a thing where the Vyashino randomly guilts them. Well, it's because of the spell, like how the spell was cast, and it wasn't. It was quite brutal. Yeah, it was a brutal thing. It was basically like they summoned a bunch of 
glass and it just eviscerated all of these people who were charging at them. And it wasn't an honorable way to die, I believe, is the way he put it. So They end up uh, all heading back to a Gitu village where they fix Venser's ambulator. Uh, but along the way, a mysterious being called the Weaver King begins whispering to Venser in his mind. <laughs> I, uh, I just... There's a lot of people whispering to Venser in his mind in this. <laughs> I just, I just, well, okay, first of all, uh, cynical comment. Of course, there's lots of people whispering into Fencer's mind. He's the very important, smart white guy. So, uh, of course, he gets uh, all, all the mental attention. Uh, second of all, uh, I want all the listeners to raise your hands if this is the first time you're hearing of the Weaver King. Doesn't have a card, never mentioned in flavor text. He's like one of the main antagonists of the Planar Chaos book, and he just appears nowhere in the card set. Yeah. At least, Lorelai, Lorelai, at least they didn't depict him having a friendship with a tiger that just wasn't really in the story. I mean, you don't know there wasn't a tiger <laughs> in the story that wasn't really in the story. J- Jedet literally has an alternate reality card. They could have been friends. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, so, anyway. Teferi is left behind by Venser and Joyra, because Teferi is kind of like, he's, 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 I, I don't want to use the word shell shocked. He's he's in he's in shock basically. He's just he's so stunned by what happened. He has just lost all like function. He just can't. He, he just can't. Jay, you gotta speak like the youths. Teferi's going through what kids today call a big mood. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is the perfect description. Uh, so, as Venser and Joyra leave, uh, they use the ambulator, which is not reliable considering how much they just end up in random places, uh, and crash land on Urborg and are separated after crash landing. Joyra is approached by a handsome guy who looks a little bit like Urza, and they introduce themselves to each other, and his name is Joda. And because it's so cold outside, he gives her his coat, because he's just a gentleman like that. And also he's 4,000 years old. And he's, he'll be perfectly fine. Venser is captured by Wind Grace uh, after a battle with these alternate reality Phyrexians. So this is where some of the alternate reality stuff comes in. These Ice Age style Phyrexians, like if one of the villains from the Ice Age got their way and opened the door to Phyrexia, uh, this is what they would look like, are basically the ones that show up to attack Urborg. And Wind Grace explains to Venser who the Weaver King is and that he is one of Volrath's experiments driven mad in the stronghold. So basically, Volrath created this guy, and then Volrath got taken out by Krovax during the Phyrexian invasion, and the Weaver King was just locked in a dungeon in the stronghold for like centuries after that. So he's a psychic being who just causes misery now, because he's just not, he's not into it. He's, he's, he's not happy with anybody. Is he, uh, is he at all into ravens? How does he feel about ravens? The Weaver King is not the Raven Man. You shut your (laughs) filthy mouth, Chris. I don't want to hear that again on my podcast. What about the Raven Man's (laughs) twin brother? It could be the Raven Man's twin brother. Yeah, sure. (laughs) So eventually, Joyra and Joda meet up with Venser and Windgrace. Uh, They try to explain the time rifts to Windgrace, but Windgrace is like, you mortals are boring me. I'm going to go find Teferi. And so he just pops over to Shiv, grabs Teferi, pops back, uh, listens to Teferi's version of the explanation, 
and then insists on consulting Freilis because he does not trust Tilarians for reason I made reasons I made clear earlier. So for those of you who don't know the backstory there, Windgrace and Freilis uh, know each other from the Phyrexian invasion. They were two of the surviving nine titans from the nine planeswalkers that, uh, that, that Urza brought together. So they're the ones who survived and actually blew up the plane of Phyrexia itself. Or blew up the superstructures there, at least. Once they go and meet Freilis, there is one of the funniest exchanges in magic history, where Joda, who has a very long history with Freilis, just needles her the entire time that uh, Freilis and Windgrace are talking, because they're talking to each other like they're the only adults in the room and the mortals aren't worth listening to. I really I really just want to read what is written in the agenda jo- for, at this point. Uh, Joda needles the planeswalkers in the meeting, and it's very entertaining. Freilis pretends she can't hear him. They're, it's, they're all very grown up about this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's, very, it's a very good moment. Freilis and Windgrace uh, agree to work together. Uh, Freilis kidnaps Joyra uh, as part of the deal. When Grace says, sure, you can take her. Um, Joyra does not get a choice in the matter uh, because she knows that Rada and Joyra had formed a friendship of sorts and she wants her to bring Rada back into the fold instead of off being an awesome Kilden warlord else somewhere else. Uh, Joda spends some time trying to rescue Joyra from Freilis. Uh, they end up getting Venser's ambulator back from Lord Windgrace and go to save her. And then Freilis beats Joda senseless with foliage, uh, like some branches <laughs> and stuff, just beats the ever-loving crap out of him. Uh, but then eventually she grows bored and hears him out. Uh, and she agrees to, to return Joyra to all of them. While all this is happening, the Weaver King has still been hitchhiking along with Venser, and he decides to take control of not just those Ice Age Phyrexians I mentioned earlier, but also the slivers that Brian reminded me about, uh, which are all over killed at this point, and all over the plane, too. It's at this point that we learn how the Weaver King got out, and that is when this evil ancient planeswalker named Lashrak, another name drop, because we didn't need, we needed more characters in this story. Uh, who implies to the Weaver King that Lashrak is the one that freed him, uh, but and bids him to cause some chaos. The Weaver King teleports using Venser uh, without the amb- ambulator, and that's when everyone realizes that Venser is already a planeswalker. They just didn't realize it because he's a planeswalker like the planeswalkers we know of today and not the planeswalkers of back in the day yeah he's a so Brady no one walker. realized it because he was just a guy yeah oh my god a brady walker so for those of, <laughs> those of you who don't know brady domremuth is was the uh the creative director at wizards at the time when this happened and so fans kind of bitterly named these new kinds of planeswalkers brady walkers the bitter fans did everyone else just the called them planeswalkers people were just really upset because like the old walkers were just so much better. Like as we've discussed, they were like nicer and more fun, and yeah, and nicer, more. Fun. <laughs> they were terrible. <laughs> They're so awful. Joda uh, sends Joyra back to help with Teferi. He wants to stay and help fight the Weaver King, but Venser uh, pushes him into one of these little portals Joda can create uh, that are only good for like one person. Uh, Venser pushes him through the portal and it shuts behind him and so Venser and Freilis are left to fight against the Weaver King's just massive army of slivers. 
Teferi is ambushed by the Weaver King's assassin, uh, a character called named Danae, which, like, you've probably never heard that one either, and that's okay, because it's, it's, it's just a guy. Uh, it's basically, uh, the assassin is one of those people who's kind of in uh, limbo. The he's He's got shadow in, in the magic parlance. He's one of the wrath guys who got trapped between realms uh, during an overlay. Uh, so when Grace and Freilis end up sacrificing themselves to seal the rifts and destroy the Slivers and Phyrexians, uh, in the end, Sky Shroud ends up getting destroyed because Freilis pulls back all the mana she had been using to kind of keep the anemic little forest alive during all this uh, and uses it to crush the Slivers and seal the Sky Shroud rift. Uh, Wind Grace kind of imparts his essence in the land and seals the Urborg rift in a similar way. Uh, and just as those two planeswalkers are leaving and we're finally getting the cast down, Karn returns uh, in response to a summons sent by Joyride. I think uh, you when, mean Lord uh, Ma. He's not Lord Ma. Look Ma-ing. here. Mm. 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 <laughs> <sighs> Question, Jay, this is important. Is he wearing pants at this point in time? No. <laughs> Stop it. That's canon now. No pants, Karn. Here's an important question about Karn, though. Like, if Karn has servos and stuff, isn't, like, the metal around his servos technically his pants? Does he have servos? He's a golem, not a construct. I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I'm just being... I'm just making stuff up. Let's just move on. (laughs) With that, several problems are down, and everyone regroups at Venser's workshop. Uh, Joda is very upset uh, because Freilis was... When you're 4,000 years old, even if you didn't particularly like someone, when you've shared 3,000 of those years with someone, you're going to be upset when they're gone. Uh, so he is unhappy that uh, Venser pushed him back instead of letting him stay to help. Uh, and so he punches uh, Venser in the face. Also because he's kind of upset because he thinks Jaya is dead because Jaya has just kind of not been a great friend and hasn't come back or written or anything lately. We know now she's alive, but she was believed dead for a very long time because Joda believed her dead in this story. Drunk friend presumed dead (laughs) is basically what happened there. I'm not going to read it again because I think I've read it on a previous podcast, but he also has like one of the best speeches where he yells at Teferi and just utterly tears him a new one about how, you know, he might be Urza's descendant, but, like, Teferi is truly Urza's heir in the way he just manipulates people instead of bringing them in in his confidence. Uh, or he's just so convinced that his way is the only way. He doesn't listen to everyone else, and he manipulates everyone into doing things his way. And then he bounces. He says, I'm out. I just want to go on the record here. Teferi was right. Just, just putting that out there. Teferi was right about this situation, so just putting that out there. He was right about the situation, but not it being not his way being the only way to solve things. Eh, I feel like Rada probably would have been happier with his way than the other way, but we'll see. What ends up happening? Yeah, we'll we'll get to that in a second. Uh, so there's one more rift that we're gonna seal in this book, and that is the Talarian rift. So since Karm kind of caused the initial rift. He wills himself to go back in time, because at this point, that's apparently a power he has, and seals the Talarian Rift just as it's created uh, when Baron casts Obliterate or the Blair of Doom. Personally, I like Blair of Doom better. No. It's a ob- silly, silly name. Obliterate, because that card, the card art, the original card art with Baron in it is awesome. I love that art so much. 
So when Karn does that, he starts to uh, lose his spark, and he feels a corruption take hold, and so he flings himself to Mirrodin. And if you're sitting there listening to this saying, didn't you tell us you guys were going to do uh, New Phyrexia history? That's This is the reason why we're doing this, is because this leads directly into that. Jay, I have a very important question. You just said he uses his spark to seal the rift. Whose spark does he use, Jay? This is Glacian spark. We're not going into this. <laughs> so the answer is, I plead the fifth. And then the Weaver King ends up being getting killed by Venser in the Blind Eternities, cracking open a power stone that just unleashes this massive amount of power on this spectral being uh, and obliterates him. So he's dead. Just nukes him, basically. Like a mini nuke. Just as we've gotten rid of another five of five characters from this narrative, Jessica arrives and wants to know where her mentor, Karn, is. And she's not happy he's missing. We just we just got Jessica's first Planeswalker card in Commander Legends. Yeah, God, that took forever. Yeah. Well, and she's also like a Planeswalker from a block where she's not the main character, even remotely. It's, it's... Uh, main character is arguable. Like, she she's... She's definitely an antagonist for most of the block, one way or another. Let me put it like this. Uh, her big beefy brother is on all the marketing and on all the cards, and she's on a couple things. <laughs> yeah. Isn't she on the cover of Odyssey? She's on the cover on one of them. I know she's on the cover. Never mind. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Phage might be later, but most fans didn't even know Jessica and Phage were the same person. And Corona. And God, she's <laughs> I'm not, not even going into that. Let's talk about Future Sight. So, Time Spiral dealt with the past. Planar Chaos dealt with an alternate present. Future Sight deals with the future. The past. Gosh. <laughs> so, the Myogen of Night's Reach appears on Madara. So let me explain who the Myogen of Night's Reach is. The Myogen of Night's Reach is a spirit from Kamigawa who can travel between the shadows of different planes. She brought a character named Tetsuo, uh, I'm sorry, Toshiro Umazawa to Madeira about uh, 400 years before Bolas died. And then 400 years later, Toshiro's descendant, Tetsuo, kills Nicol Bolas. This is the Bolas's first death that he has to be reborn from. Tetsuo Umazawa is the card from Legends. When Time Spiral happens... Bolas is revived, and he swears to exterminate the Umazawa bloodline. Uh, so he goes to Kamigawa to mess some stuff up. Uh, Knight's Reach realizes that she done goofed, and Bolas is not pleased with her. Uh, and she appears on Madara to give Lashrak, who is known as the Walker of the Night, uh, so they've got kind of a thematic connection going here, and gives him a copy of her mask to face Bolas that gives her gives him some of her powers like the ability to drain black mana powers from other people so anyway Jessica is not happy with the plan of Teferi and Joyra and Venser at all uh, and heads to Madeira on her own uh, where Leshrac appears to her and begins manipulating her Jessica decides to uh kidnap Rada. So Rada gets kidnapped a lot in this story. She's awesome, but she's dealing with, like, godlike beings. 
Uh, basically, Jessica challenges Radha to a duel, which is not fair at all because Jessica is a god. So even though Radha is the better fighter at this point, she can't actually defeat Jessica. Um, but during the duel, some of Jessica's old phage powers are returning. Uh, these are black mana powers where she just, it's like a killing death touch that she had. Also, while we're having this little break, uh, I'm right, Jay. She's on the cover of the Judgment novel, so booyah. <laughs> Sorry, just needed to do that. I get okay. your job. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. Okay, so the the others, so Teferi and all of them go to Yavamaya. And they find Multani kind of in hibernation, using everything he has to hold back the time rift above Yavimaya to keep it from destroying everything. Now we have to explain who Multani is. He is... <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't... <laughs> just listen to I our just... Phyrexian Invasion episodes. Like, I just can't. I just... <laughs> I hope people understand why this set has such a profound negative impact on the ability of Magic to draw in new players. Because this is dense stuff. Multani is a um, he's an avatar of a fo- of the forest of of Yavimaya Forest. Uh, he's really powerful and has been around for thousands of years and uh, was a big ally during the Frexian invasion. So they help Multani untangle from the rift. Elsewhere, Jessica uses Radha as a lens to seal Zalfir's rift without phasing Zalfir back in first. The fairy believes it's lost forever. Jessica's will. Yeah, we we just had that on a card. Jessica uh, then goes to Yavamaya and tries to seal it, but she's imprisoned by Multani in the similar way. Like Multani uh, can sort of defeat Planeswalkers by forcing them into like this dreamlike state. He did this to Urza in the novel Time Streams, and he does it to uh, Jessica here. Uh, then he takes a moment to talk with Rada. And uh, he lets her know that when she disconnected from the rift of uh, the time rift above Sky Shroud, she lost access to like the green mana part of her. And so he helps her make an instant uh, mana bond or connection to Yavimaya, and she's whole again. You know, both parts of her, the elf part and the Kelton part, which is something she'd missed all her life. Um, you know, she was either always an elf, or and then as soon as she got rid of the green mana, she was only on the, the Keldon mana side. And so now she's complete. She has both her red and green aspects. But then Lashrak shows up, and he messes things up, as he does. Uh, and he sends Jessica some nightmares, and she wakes up from her dream and disintegrates Multani, and then uses Radha again to seal the rift. Uh, back on Madara, uh, Lashrak steals Jessica's phage powers, which have now fully come back into being, and uses them uh, to battle Nicol Bolas. He also steals Bolas's mind-rending powers. This is one of my favorite Plainswalker duels in all of Magic history. They go on this duel from, like, plane to plane to plane, fighting each other back and forth, throwing villain zingers and one-liners equips at each other it's fantastic Lashrak has always been one of the quippiest planeswalkers I've, I've always enjoyed his villain banter uh bolus is good at it too it's wonderful there's uh, a lot of throwbacks uh we see ravnica kamigawa ogratha uh and uh they the battle ends up back on madara at the talon gates at this time rift 
Latrak is doing it. He's beating the elder dragon Nicol Bolas, reducing him to a skeleton. His victory's at hand, right? Right? <laughs> Wrong. And Bolas like laughs and reconstitutes his entire body and says, "You fool! I've lured you into a position where you thought you were safe, and you may wield a facsimile of the Mask of Night's Reach, but I went and got the real thing, and traps Lashrak in it." And uses Lashrak's spark to close the Madaran rift because uh, good guy Bolas takes care of his takes care of his own dirty laundry. It was his mess. Bolas <laughs> cleaned it up. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. He's a good guy. While all this is going on, if you remember Danae, because I sure didn't. I actually had to look up his name. <laughs> Radha <laughs> does like a really genius badass move. So you know this unfazed person. This this. I don't want to call him phased out, but this shadowed person who's not really tangible with reality. With her newfound green mana, Rada casts a healing spell and starts to bring him back into corporeality. And the assassin's like, oh my god, I'm in the real world again, just as Rada murders him. <laughs> so she, she casts a healing spell to like bring him back into reality just enough so that she could stab his ass. <laughs> it's that's just, my girl it's, it's one of the coolest things that happens there yeah so jessica recovers after having been manip- manipulated from lashrak and apologizes to rada uh and they all end up creating a plan where in order to not kill rada with this last one she'll use rada and venser as um filters or lenses essentially to seal the final rift the one she caused when she became corona the one above otaria uh, and she does that and ends up, it ends up killing her. I think it would actually says that like her essence is spread across the multiverse as she heals the last rift. And it also burns out Rada's nascent spark. So Rada cannot become a planeswalker because her spark was burnt out, so to speak. Bullshit. Well, well, Venser, well, it's better than Venser who sh- next time he shows up, uh, they, his continuity is mangled and he, he dies, uh, immediately, which we'll talk about next time. I would rather have Radha as a planeswalker than Venser any any day. I would love to see Radha as a planeswalker, yeah. So when Jessica seals this final rift, it creates the Mending. Uh, so that's where the card the Mending of Dominaria comes from. It's what changed all the planeswalkers to be more like Venser and Radha, where they are mortals once more, just with the ability to travel between planes. Uh, and they tend to have a better defined power set, because back in the day, planeswalkers could basically do anything they wanted. Teferi ends up thinking, uh, ends up going back home to uh, Jamura and wandering around Femoreth, uh, and we, we, we pick up with that in some of the Return to Dominaria stories, so I'm not going to go into it here. But it ends up uh, having a really great turn for his character. He gets married and has a kid and becomes nice and is humbled. And he's he's good now. I used to hate Teferi and he's good now. It's important that we say that. He's a good bean. Joyra and Joda have this romantic thing that may or may not happen. And it's clear by Return to Dominaria they've broken up. Venser ends up going out to explore the multiverse while Radha builds her power base as a Keldon warlord and ends up taking over the uh, the entire nation of these badass warriors uh, called Keld. So, honestly, I think Rada got the best end of this, though, compared to all of them. 
<laughs> considering what happens to vincer on his journey across exploring the multiverse uh yeah maybe <laughs> i don't know teferi seems to be living a very happy life oh yeah no like of all of them i think teferi uh has like the most low-key chill life but rada has the coolest life low-key chill he literally almost died in War of the Spark. Well, I mean, like, for, like, the next, like, 60 years. He's got, like, a okay, good, like, lifetime fair. ahead of him of, like, having a wife and a daughter and just being a dad. It's very fulfilling. He also almost dies trying to find Urza's hidden artifacts, so. Yeah, well, who hasn't died trying to find something of Urza's? Radha! <laughs> That's true. I think it's very sad because we only have two Radha cards, and I want more because she's really cool. We have three Radha cards. We have three Radha cards? Yes, there was one in the Colas corset. Oh, God, yeah, there was. Three? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have like stick thin Radha, halfway to step on me Radha, and then crush me with your might uh, Radha. Wait, I thought the second one was crushing me with your might. The second one is, but, like, chronologically. They're all good Radhas. The first Radha card is all about abs. The second one is all about thighs. The third one's all about biceps. Yeah, no, I get it. This is yeah, canon. I'm looking at them now, and it's like the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil, except it's look at my abs, look at my biceps, look at my thighs. Yeah. Radha good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a diptych of muscles. Uh, a triptych. There are three Radha cards. <laughs> I am a t- look. I don't play this game. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, so we we are probably uh, not going to do a full Flavor Jams episode for Time Spiral Remastered. No, uh, they're all in the future. No. In the future, yeah, in the future, we might talk about uh, some of the new artwork that ha- might or may or may not have come out for it. We've saw new uh, art for Mangara of Corindor already, uh, and there might be more in the future. But we're not going to have a full episode. What you should turn tune into is this Thursday, March 4th, our free preview cards with an S from Wizards of the Coast for Time Spiral Remastered. You gave away the secret, Jay, that there's more than one. You said <gasps> cards with an S. <gasps> okay. Okay. <laughs> but what if instead we preview cards with a Z? Dun, dun, dun. All right, let's just let's just move on to final thoughts. Wow, that was that bad. You're just ending the episode. Yeah, yes. I, I, unilaterally, I just decided to, to end uh-huh. the episode there with my with my godlike power. So, Universes Beyond was announced the day we're recording this, uh, which is Thursday, February 25th. I think it's really cool. Um, not all these properties are going to be something I'm into, but I think it is. Very cool to see this kind of thing branch out and open up magic to new audiences. I should explain what it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <laughs> Universes Beyond is like the new branding for the outside IPs that Wizards of the Coast is going to bring and uh, attach to magic as a card game. Uh, so we know we're going to get something like a Warhammer 40k commander deck. I wish it was just regular Warhammer instead of Warhammer 40k, because that would fit the flavor better, but, you know, it's fine. Um, We have, Magic has sci-fi fantasy, too. It's not a big deal. Uh, And then we have Lord of the Rings coming as well, which might be cool. I don't know. It depends on whether it's going to be, like, the movie IP or if it's just the the Lord of the Rings IP in general. 
And, you know, it's, are we getting Ian McKellen on a card, or are we just getting Gandalf on a card is the question. Give me so. Tom Bombadil. <laughs> yeah, if it's not movie continuity, we can get some Tom Bombadil. It has been so long since I read those books. And that's it for my final thought. So the the fun thing about the Lord of the Rings thing, though, uh, so we, we have Billy Boyd in MTG Arena as uh, Will Kenrith, so... Uh, <laughs> We we we've technically had a slight crossover already. My my final thought is, uh, you know, I opened this podcast with Into the Breach, which uh, I enjoyed a lot. It's uh, I I have it on Switch. It's on a bunch of platforms. It's great. Go play it. Uh, but also, uh, I'm gonna end with a, a different game because we finally got a release date announced. Uh, the Subnautica games uh, uh are coming to Switch on um May 14th, which I'm very excited about. Uh, I enjoy survival games. I love the ocean. Uh, and uh, looking looking forward to getting getting into those, getting a little wet and wild, uh, trying not to die on an alien world. <laughs> My final thought is, Chris, give me a final thought. Uh, I was going to suggest, in the uh, time honored tradition of the Vorthos cast, uh, your final thought could be taken from the live listeners, which apparently uh, Evan has dropped one in there for you. Place ball back, baby. that's the best delivery of that line you could ever give (laughs) that's it because i don't know what baseball is so i'll I'll pass it off from there (laughs) my final thought is uh you know, now that Evan's feeding <laughs> final thoughts to Brian, that means Evan will be the next uh, member of the Porthos cast to be brought on. Confirmed. That is the, uh, that's how it seems to go. Uh, no, my final thought is that I have a uh, statue of the champion Rakan from League of Legends that is the size of my head, and I have never been happier with a purchase in my life. Yeah. For those of you in the know, you know. As someone who also owns a large statue of a video game character... Uh... They are expensive collectibles, but uh, re- really, really good merch. Really, really cool things to buy. You know, if if you've heard this live listen talk and, and want to know what uh, uh, that's all about. Oh, mm, distracted. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> speaking of... Uh, Rod stuff just got posted in our live listen chat. Anyway, I am but a humble lesbian. Anyway, so uh, if you want to know what live listen is all about, head over. you can head over to patreon.com slash thevorthoscast, where you can uh, start supporting our show t- starting today. Um, everyone who uh, donates on Patreon gets access to our Discord community, where Vorthosos from around the world are talking about uh, new previews, new exciting things that are happening. Everyone's watching WandaVision. It's like the number one topic on our uh, server for like the last month. If you uh, support us at our higher tier, you get access to a uh, live listens, which uh, we record Thursdays at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Live listen lets you join us uh, for that recording. Uh, muted, listening in, getting the content a couple days early getting to hear some of the stuff that might not make it into the final episode, getting to chat with us before and after the show. It's a good time, and, and you know... And sometimes you get to feed me my final thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so if, if you really have something you really want Brian to say, that's definitely the tier for you. But uh, we, we love all our supporters and uh, are, are thankful that uh, you, you uh, help us keep the show running. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast.